Hello, I'm Amanda Hill-Rao with You Choose You Now podcast. During my podcast, I've shared my journey about how I chose myself and came back home to realize my worth, my value, and to get over my limiting beliefs. But I realize as a human being, we're all connected. We're all made for connection. And so I'm delighted to share my first interviews with my guests. People who are in their own journey have found that they have come back to themselves and realized their value, their worth. And I'm delighted to share their journeys with you to see what you can learn. Because after all, we are made to help one another in our awareness. You do you, I do me. But with our connections and our love and our compassion and being, we are built to become who we were meant to be. So I invite you to sit back, relax, listen to the guests, and find out how we are truly all connected. Welcome to another episode of You Choose You Now. I'm your host, Amanda Hill, and today I've got a great guest. Her name is Nick Frick. She is a career coach for new mums to help them get over their overwhelm and to find a job that resonates with their hearts. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you, Amanda. Now I'm delighted for, to share this time with you. So tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what your message is. Ooh, my message, I'm Nick Frick. I am a career coach, as you mentioned, supporting new moms in their new identity shift where they yeah. move into new roles that are for their new identity rather than their previous identity, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. And what happens when you have a child that I've experienced in the moms that I get to work with is that this identity shift happens so quickly. And every single day we get to like meet another part of it. And as we continue to be pressed into going back to work, it's like, wait a second, does this match who I am? Does this match who I am? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. Mm. Um, And it kind of unpeels like a, like an onion. Totally. Um, I had that when I had Alessandro because I just suddenly, I always wanted to be a mom. But then once it actually happens, it's reality. It's like, well, who's Amanda then? Because I got, <laughs> I just got called Alessandro's mummy from for about six years. <laughs> it's so true. I make sure to learn my daughter's, the parents' names of the people with the kids that go to her daycare. Cause I'm yes. like, I know the kids' names, but like, I also remember that you're a person and you're an adult mm-hmm. and you're not just so-and-so's mom. <laughs> yes. Yes. The labels we give ourselves, it is, but it does <laughs> make you other, think, yeah. who was I before? Was I a person before this? <laughs> what did I like doing before? What did I do on the weekends before I was trying to do chores during naps and others? Yes, sort, absolutely. Sort of things? So I love what you're about and what you're doing. Thank you. So what is your message for (laughs) women? My message is right today. It it changes most every day, depending on who I get to work with and who I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm reintroducing myself. And today it's like, we can all have it all if we decide what all of it is. And we don't have to do it all, but we can have it all. And we can recognize that we already have everything that we need yes. and just changing the focus of like, oh, everything right here, I have it. How can I leverage the support that I need? How can I recreate what being a mom looks like that fits for me and not for any other person or any shoulds that are coming in? So just declaring like, I have it all already. And then accept that. And then from there, we get to create a new 
from the new information that we're getting every single day. Yeah, I totally agree with you because it is very individual and who you are as a mom, because I know you are one, I am one, but we're totally different. And we've got to accept our uniqueness and decide what do I want? What do you want to choose Mm -hmm. and own it? Yeah. And what I find most powerful while you were saying that is when you get to choose how you get to be a mom and I get to choose how I get to be a mom instead of how we should be as moms. Yes. I get to be a better mom because I know that you're being who you should be, who you're supposed to be being. And I get the power from seeing that of like, oh, Amanda gets to be who she wants to be, which really is bright and adds Mm -hmm. value to the, to the world. And if I'm hiding here in what I think I should be doing, then I don't get to be the best parent that I want to be. And ultimately I get to be my daughter's mom and who's taking care of my daughter's mom. Me. I have to do that. You've got to be your authentic self, but I know, and I was lulled years ago into this, that society has a view on moms, you know, a good mom is dot, dot, dot. And actually, no, your child chose to come through you because you were going to be the best teacher and you were going to create a relationship together. And I love that. I love that so much. It's like, I know exactly what my daughter needs because she chose me and I chose her. Yes. Right. Two way straight. Totally. Now we've talked about masculine and feminine when we spoke earlier before today. So what's the difference between masculine mojo and feminine energy flow? Mm. Oh, I love this question, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so what I have discovered recently as I as I became a mom and have really ste- stepped into my business and what I want to support people is, is that in the world, we have both feminine energy and masculine energy, mm-hmm. and we all have both. And they work the best when they're in balance. And balance doesn't mean that you have them both at the same time. It's that you're using both of the superpowers of them. And so in, we're in the culture that I live in the United States and in London, it's very masculine and it's very like lots of tall buildings, do, 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 do Mm -hmm. action, 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 to-do lists, getting things done. And that has its place. And it's very, very important. We do need structure. We do need that type of force. And without the feminine, which is the flow part, which is the, for example, when I work with my clients, like if we don't take in the feminine, which is the flow, which is the excavating, which is the, the joy, the, I I don't want to say laziness, but it's like the natural, the feeling into, yeah, the natural, like natural surroundings, nature, the goddess, like the moon, like feeling into the flow of the cycles that we have. And really stepping into what we actually want, not what we think we have to do before learning how to write a resume. A lot of times when people jump into a job search at any point in their career, the first thing that comes to mind is a resume. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You make a crap resume if you have no idea what you actually want. Like you can't, a person can't make a powerful resume if they don't know what they liked doing in the past. Like don't put anything on your resume that you don't like to do. Cause guess what? Someone's going to ask you to do it. And yeah. then you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because you committed to it. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, I'm really good. I'm going to like say this out loud because I don't have to make resumes right now, but I'm really good at spreadsheets. I had a really great mentor in one of my first jobs and he taught me how to do a ton of formulas, a lot of things, but I don't ever want to do, do one it. again. <laughs> 
I know how to do them really well, but I would never tell someone in a job interview that like, I'm super great yeah. at resumes. Cause you're um, more than that. Exactly. I'm so much more than that. And while you also said that, like, we are so much more than our jobs. And when we mm. think about the masculine, a lot of us think that our value comes from the work that we do, our productivity. You're talking you look- about how I used to view myself. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. I think we're all kind of unraveling from sometimes I think of like an octopus who like put their tentacles around me and I'm like peeling one tentacle yeah. off at a time. Like and then that. it slaps it slaps itself on again, of course. And then I like, <laughs> we're coming off. <laughs> and then relearn it. But yeah, I think with the masculine and the feminine, the masculine mojo and feminine flow, I just love to encourage all of us that we need both to be our best selves and to really step into who we are. And I don't mean that in like a woo-woo way. I think that we all are here for like, I actually am very, very, very into the woo-woo, but for this, I very much mean like the, if you don't even say masculine and feminine, it's like there are actions and there are also values that you need to consider of what you actually want and putting them together gives you exactly what you want rather than thinking that you have to be, stick with the breadcrumbs or a good enough job, not thinking that you can have everything that you want, because guess mm-hmm. what? The universe, God, the divine, whatever you want to call it is limitless and yes. eternal source. Like it doesn't, it wants to give you everything you want. You just have to know what it is. Exactly. And take the time because from what you're saying, in society, and I'm going back to labels here, there's a masculine and a feminine. But you're right, we do have to have both. But I think in the Western world, especially, we're so in our doing, and that's the dynamic male energy. And I was addicted to it. I thought it had to be, you know, doing, 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 result, result, result. And I didn't know how to be my feminine, which was in the being state, you know, the flow, the magnetic, and it comes to you naturally. Mm -hmm. So I've been casting off this dynamic energy that I've been living in for the last 54 years, over the last two years. And I'm coming to who I truly am. And -hmm. as you said, the dynamic has its place, you know, absolutely with organization and structure. But it's time to embrace the feminine and not see them as one better than the other. They are necessary together and they flow Mm -hmm. together. So I love that. Yeah. And it, and the feminine energy is so magnetic. That's why people are magnetized to the feminine all the Mm -hmm. time. Like when a woman stands in her power, in her brilliance, in her radiance, in her sexuality, in her sensuality, like all of us want to be around her when she's in her joy. Like when people are lit up by what they want to be doing, it's so present. And I think we've been trained to be very masculine. And so like you said, we don't even know how to be feminine like well, how yeah. to cultivate it and you have to like then that's what I've been working learning and I know that you have too is like how do I bring it back how do I remember mm. how to do it like I know that it's in my DNA somewhere but from from my ancestors but like how how do I find let go of the masculine and, and mm-hmm. the story along with it because I was told the masculine is like the dark dark jet black sky and the feminine is the light the stars shining brightly Mm, and you need both letting go of the need to be masculine and to be in the doing and coming back to our flow the magnetic and the being is beautiful yeah Mm -hmm. I love that so why is it important to acknowledge emotions as they arise because you know when we're out of the doing and we are in the being emotions come and go Mm -hmm. and why is it important not to resist them but to accept them just as they are I think 
we've been again trained this is very masculine again we've been trained to hold our emotions and we've been trained to not get angry we've mm-hmm. been trained to not cry we've been trained to hold a lot of things in we get when we get angry we hold it in and what's important is that our bodies are not containers they're meant to hold like they're not meant to hold emotions they're meant to pass them through and what came to mind when you were asking me that is like when i have a a client or someone who's just keeps getting rejected by, by jobs that they've interviewed yes. for that they thought was like the right thing. Like, I understand that like, yes, of course you can get mad about it. Please get mad about it. Like that shows that whatever happened wasn't right. But then when you release it from your body, then we can go into your next interview more prepared, more yes. clear about what you want. And also when you're sad about it, great. Like, what were you sad about? Like, what about it? Did you really, really want? And maybe this just wasn't a good fit for you and you don't know why, and you can't know why. Mm-hmm. And I loved like thinking about looking back, like hindsight is twenty twenty, And we always have like rose colored glasses on while we're looking back, but it is kind of like, if we do look back, it all does work out for us. Yes. We just didn't know how it worked out, how it was going to work out. Yeah, we don't like the way, or we may have had a vision of it. I want it to go this way, and it didn't go that way. And then we have the emotions. But what I've realized myself, because I had a lot of repressed emotions, anger specifically, because the story when I was little, little girls don't get angry. Same. But then I'd gone into shame, and I've realized that. And actually, only this weekend, I wrote a very angry letter from my inner wounded child to my f- family, parents who are no longer here. But rather than holding on to it, I just let it all pour out. And then I just ripped the letter to shreds. Mm. And I said, thank you, Anger, for showing up. I'm done with you now. I just felt so much freer. It's so true. It's so, I love that ritual. Also, I do that a lot where I also sometimes, if it, if it feels safe, I burn the paper. Yes, um, I try I to. It wouldn't burn. <laughs> exactly. I've been there. I've been there. (laughs) Or sending it down the toilet, the the cauldron. But yeah, I think really releasing that. I think that's a way to do it. Another way that I always do it. I realize that when I have, I know that I have emotions stuck in me when I haven't exercised or moved. Mm -hmm. Like I just need to literally shake them off of me. And I've been doing this workout called the class for a while. And I do it because it's so helpful for my mental health and for my emotions to get out. I sometimes, I just like did it because, because I do it before Anytime I have something really exciting to to take on, because I have so many excitement in, in, yes. in emotions inside of me. And I'm like, some of this has to get out before I get on the call. <laughs> and I always end up like releasing some sort of crying or laughing mm-hmm. or clapping, like something just organically happens inside of my body to get things out. And I was just like clapping and like, she wasn't clapping. I just like needed to, to exercise that, that part of me and like make sound. And there's also yelling involved. So like, with anger specifically at it, because it is like a shadow emotion, anger has really, really important messages to share with us. And if we suppress it, it's like, Hey, that was not what we wanted to be happening. Hey, that person hurt me. Hey, yes. like, why, why did you do that to me? And like really investigate why the anger came out and then possibly why you didn't let it come out. Like, I know yes. that I've held What's in a the lot story of- underneath why you're doing it, what repressing yeah. it or, you know, rejecting or judgmental about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that my husband is really good. He's done a lot of internal work as well. And I remember the first time that I got super, super angry and 
not specifically one time, but I do remember that it wasn't ever, I was afraid to do it. But then when I did it and, and it came out, it, it created an opening Mm -hmm. that wasn't present before for him to be like, Oh, I see that we can try a different way, or I'm sorry, I hurt you, or I didn't mean it to come out that way, or I'm sorry, you heard it that way. That's not actually what I meant. And when we hold in anger or other emotions, we don't get the other person, the opportunity to, Mm -hmm. to clean it up for us or for us to clean it up for ourselves and, and see what it is. But it is being able to express yourself as a human being and Mm -hmm. emotions are not us, but they are part of being a human being. And to deny an emotion I have finally come to realize is denying the expression of believing in who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember one time, like a lot of times, one of the things that I've been afraid to do is like ask for help or ask for. Oh, that was one of mine (laughs) (laughs) for fear, for fear that like my request wasn't good enough or they were going to say no. And I remember one time I was at an event and my husband was sitting next to me and I wanted to go up on stage to like do some speak something. And I think it was like a, like a graduation program or something. And I wanted to go up at the front and I was like, I really want to ask him to speak. I really want to ask him to speak, but I like, don't think he'll want to, he's kind of has stage fright. He doesn't want to do this kind of thing. And then within seconds, he tapped on my knee and was like, Hey, can we go up there? I want to practice my speaking. Oh, wow. Like what? Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, Oh dang. Like it's always whatever I'm supposed to learn, like really comes to me when I need to learn it. It's like, Hey, you should have just asked. Like it was right there when you needed it. (laughs) Yes. Just trust it. (laughs) And I think, and then also like, especially with new moms, like we're so afraid to ask for help because we feel like we have to do it all by ourselves. Because we're female. This is the story I had running. I'm female. I meant to have children. I've always wanted to be a mother. I'm going to be a perfect mother. So I'll get it right. And it wasn't that way with me at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was cleaning up the toys in the living room again. And I thought to myself, I'm the only person in this house who cares about these toys. Mm. Why do I keep trying to organize them? She's yes. just going to mess them up. He doesn't care. And, and also like, just because I can multitask with her and do all of the chores all the time, does it mean I have to? No, no, exactly. <laughs> that's no, that's huge. You don't have to, because mm-hmm. also they're her toys taking responsibility and you're never too young to learn that mm-hmm. what's important to you. And, you know, if they get lost, then that's a lesson learned. And that sounds exactly. a bit harsh, but I do believe in that. Yeah. I do believe in that too. I like, and I'm like, am I just teaching her that like mom is just always sweeping? Yes. Oh, mom, mom will, <laughs> mom will t- tidy up after me. I don't have to take any responsibility. Yeah. No. I don't Chores want that. help children. I'm a total believer <laughs> of that one. Yeah. Oh, now life today <laughs> can be very chaotic and fast paced. Mm. How do you come back to yourself and your truth? Mm. Uh, like I said, I. I have to exercise at least every other day minimum. And if I Mm -hmm. don't, it really brings chaos to my whole entire life. My thoughts, my self-worth, my value, everything. Um, The mind takes over. And and also a a couple of years ago, before I had a kid, my daughter, I declared it like the year of Nicole. And during that time, I realized that if I was going to have a child, they were going to 
if I didn't have the resources and mental awareness about what made, what satisfied me, what nourished me, that new person in my life, that child, because I'm such a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and giver that I would just like dissolve into her or them, whoever was coming. And I needed to like put my stake in the ground and be like, what actually brings you joy? What actually brings you nourishment? What actually brings me back to myself? So that when this person comes into my life, I don't lose myself. And, and if I do, if I do, which happens because I need Mm -hmm. to like make sure that she survived, I know the tools that I have available to me and can always come back to them and always teach them to other people who need them. And so other tools that I gained during that year were just like a lot of self-care. And I don't mean self-care in the way that you like love getting a manicure or someone likes getting a massage regularly. I mean, like setting boundaries that make sense for my life. I mean, not being in relationships that are toxic to me. It means saying no when I mean no and saying yes, when I mean yes, and not doing things that I don't want to be doing or cleaning up my, my shadow emotions. Like, why am I not angry about this? What, why did I get angry about this? And doing like the work from Byron Katie has been super helpful working with our couples therapist who we've been seeing since we got married and also getting really into my, my movement practice, which has come in many different forms. Like I did yoga instructor training a couple years ago, and then have been able to pull that thread through the rest of my life and have now, since the pandemic started, I lost the ability to do yoga at my house uh-huh. and then got back to this more like vigorous practice in my, in my house. Cause it just keeps me more present in my body. Cause I have to like, it's more physical for me than yes. it is like a, like a yoga is a mental practice for me, yes. like staying yes. out of my mind. Uh-huh. And I needed something that brought me back to my body. Yeah. So since, since last March, I've been doing this workout three to four times a week. And it really has helped me with my mental health. And then also coming back to myself, like remembering to leave the house, like ask for time away, not feel like I, like right now we're having a conversation about like how I feel like I get the seconds, like the leftovers on the weekend of time. And I'm like, Oh, I have to ask for the time. (laughs) And you're deserving of the time. (laughs) And I'm deserving of the time. And I don't have to wait to be given Yes, I have to ask for it because if I wait, which I've been doing, I get the, I do get the leftovers and I do get interrupted. And so really taking the time to leave the house, remember that I love the ocean. Remember that I love going on walks. One of the things while the, and especially because it's like the pandemic now and the, um, some lockdowns still like a lot of the things that I used to love doing are just not available anymore. No, we've had to change the way we live our lives. Oh, completely. And like sitting in a coffee shop just doesn't feel appealing to me anymore where it used <laughs> no. to, but like walks, there's a hill by my house that I like to walk up. I mean, I would love to do it more regularly and then swimming yes. um, a lot of different, as for me, I find that it, I'll like something for a cycle or a season, and then mm-hmm. I'll find something else, go through that for a while and then find something else. And usually they all cycle back around at some point, yes. but just having just knowing that I have tools to support really does help ground me. And I even, by the way, have a, a few written on a post-it on the inside of my kitchen cabinet so that in case I forget, I can quickly like pop it open. A couple of, yeah, there's a couple of artists that I love listening to. And then also like a couple of 
things that I like doing. So one of them is like listening to this random country playlist that I made from like songs from my youth, um, the class doing some, um, Kabbalah Bhati breathing, moving around to just a song. Like I find that one of the, my favorite tools to teach to my clients is just like 45 seconds of a song. Yes. Because as you said, you know, our, to get out of our mind, the quickest way is to get out out of your bottom, move your body and remove that energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can see exercise is totally one of your tools that you use, which is brilliant, but it doesn't matter how you move. You've got to find Mm -hmm. what works for you. And I love dancing. So the other morning I had a lot of nervous energy. So I just put ABBA. That's my favorite. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And I was there giving it all, giving it large. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so much better after it. And if we did that, you know, every half hour, one song, you know, two minutes, it doesn't take any time, but it changes the state of mind. Can you imagine if every office or oh, yeah. like music time, was oh just like, every 30 minutes, like a great song comes on. But on you know what? Speakers. I think we'd work better. I really oh, I do. totally agree. You know, I that's what I do in the classroom. When I can see the kids are getting in the funk, I go, right, stop this. We're not doing this anymore. Put the music on, everybody up. And let's go. <laughs> I mean, that's so great to teach them from a young age too. Like that's something that they might remember for yes. later and be like, oh, we're in a funk. Let's, yeah. let's not take a time out. Let, let's release this exactly. from our body. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. what we can teach is our children are beautiful. Now, besides the exercise mm-hmm. and the dance classes and sitting with your emotions in your toolbox, do you have anything like meditation mm-hmm. or journaling that you do? Of course. What yeah, else yeah. is in there? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I wake up and do, if I am awake before everyone else, I wake up and journal. I listen to a meditation from my teacher to sit and I am striving to sit for 20 minutes, but I get Mm -hmm. about five right now. And I sometimes pull a tarot card. I'm also teaching myself how to play the harmonium that I sit with sometimes. And then I also write like I'll light a candle and just recently just stare at it for a little bit. That's meditation in itself. Yeah. And I think getting away from what meditation should look like and doing it. It's just going silent within. Mm-hmm. and or turning off the mind. To... yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it, you know you have different states of being I was doing it for half an hour recently because a, a lot of you know emotions are coming up and finding it more challenging so I'm doing 15 minutes but as my husband said to me the other day even if you just do 10 minutes and it's you know you're there and out of your mind that's enough and it mm-hmm. is so don't have yeah. any judgment on yourself yeah. And I find that even if you do like one minute with, I do like um, box breathing for about a minute sometimes. And it does change a lot of things where it moves me again out of my mind and the, or if I am in the mind, like the more awareness to what I yes, but so, so Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at me. That's where my mind's gone to. Interesting. Interesting is the best word I've used. Interesting. Look what I'm doing now. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> For sure. And before bed, I also really love sleep stories recently. Yes, I Um, listen to those. I didn't think that I was going to love them as much as I do, but I'm so hooked on this one called Nothing Much Happens Now. And I love her voice. I even love how she reads ads. (laughs) (laughs) You fall in love. It's the soothing quality, though, of somebody's voice. 
because exactly. they all come with different voices, don't they? And I've done that. Going, no, that that's not resonating that's not with me good. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I have a lot of favorite speakers on the call map too because they have really good sleep stories too yeah amazing Mm -hmm. now we've commented on our minds those fabulous things that never shut up and they don't (laughs) never stop commenting why is it important to stay in the present moment and not be carried away with our minds one of my coaches says that the the ego always speaks first and loudest and what I get from that is when we're in our thinking minds and not present with our body and the awareness of what we can see, taste, touch, smell, we're just either fantasizing about the future or fantasizing about how the past was. And so it's not even real. And so it's really important to stay present so that you can make decisions based on the current information that we have, not on any other past or future. Yes. Story, narratives, or yes. Narrative or anything like that. And when you, we do that, we get to create the life that we actually want. And I remember that I was in a course recently that I was teaching with my clients and one of the new moms, she was talking about how she felt really bad about leaving the house when the nanny was there because she was just more helpful with the two kids and like mm-hmm. to do that. And she said, whenever I feel Like I'm, I feel like I'm leaving them and I can definitely support them. And I said, what are you teaching your kids when you don't leave to take a walk? Yes. That you don't care about yourself enough. And her first answer was that I'm abandoning them. Oh, but that's her wound. That's her ego. That's the ego speaking first and loudest. And then I was like, well, what else? Mm. And then she like sat back and thought about it and like got really present and was like, I'm teaching them that I get to take care of myself, which means they get to take care of themselves. I'm teaching them that they can trust the nanny because I trust the nanny with them. I'm teaching them that it's okay for me to leave, that I'll be back, that they can build trust, that it's that I'm worthy of this break and I need it and I am of value to get it. And when she said that, like everything shifted in the way she was sitting and the way she was speaking because it did come from I believe the truth it. of the present yeah and... the awareness is amazing when she you mm-hmm. gave her the time just to actually no not wrong with your head <gasps> what is it I love mm-hmm. that what else what else yeah we're we're human beings like we're supposed to our brains are made to keep us safe from tigers and the tigers now are job interviews, finding, like becoming parents without support, without paid leave, without anything that we need. Like the tigers are different now and we don't get them out of our body. Like we would, if we were in the past. And so our, our functioning works the same way. We just aren't using it in the way that it was meant to be. And so of course we don't know how to forget about those things. And so, yeah, going back to the present, like our, our mind remembers the negative things and it forgets the positive and to be grateful in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. And it's, you know, going back to the feminine flow, I realized that when I am actually in the present moment, life just flows and it's a (sighs) gift. It feels like miracle after miracle and like yeah. magic is happening. Like, it's so simple. Things. It's so simple. And I'm saying, why have I been overcomplicating my life? In the why past? have I complicated this? <laughs> I know when I find myself being more present, like I get 
more parking spots easily. Yes, like yes. people, people reach out to me instead of me having to yes. message them. People want to help me. Like it just, people cancel when I wanted them to cancel, but was going anyway. Like, yeah. it's, just... <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? So be so mindful good. people, because it <laughs> does make such a difference. I'm testament of this. Now we're both parents. Now the traditional way of parenting was to put adults in the control with the adults we've grown up we've lived our lives we know the right answers (laughs) yes I'm turning that one on your head people (laughs) what I believe actually our children came to teach us our greatest lesson that's what I've learned from having my son but what can we learn from our children Mm. yeah that's the exact lesson I've also learned from my daughter Um, (laughs) every single day she teaches me something and right now she's just like so joyous all the time and just like doesn't have a care in the world and I'm like how do I how can I add more play to my life yeah but also it's like what she taught me like the reason that I'm getting to coach now anyway as soon as she arrived like my values shifted in an instant and I was just like oh shit I cannot go back to that job Mm. if I'm gonna be in this life with her she comes first And if I'm not with her, I have to be doing something that lights me up. And the only thing that lights me up right now is exactly what I'm doing. And it's funny when we started this, uh, I started this during the pandemic and my husband, when I was thinking about doing it, I was going to go back to recruiting and he was like, what do you actually want to be doing? And I was like Mm. coaching. I've been wanting to be a coach since college. It's when I changed my major, all the things, but it was always a whisper and it wasn't very loud. And I wasn't listening to it. And I was like, I'm not good enough. People Mm -hmm. are going to get mad. If I change my identity to this thing, they're not going to believe that I can do it. And then he was just like, can you just do it so that we don't have to have the same conversation again in two years? Like, please. (laughs) (laughs) You got to love them for their patience on us. (laughs) Oh my God. And so in that, like, it was the first time, because also when I was like, in the first couple of months when I was breastfeeding in the middle of the night, I just got this feeling that I didn't understand. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to go back to work for the first year. I just don't want to do it. I've been reading a lot about first year of development and really want to be here for that. Luckily the connection, because that connection is helping her because that's mm -hmm. our role. You know, when they're that small, that is our role because they are helpless Mm-hmm. But then is, yeah but then when you have found your passion what a role model you're going to be to her but the mm-hmm. fact it took her coming for you to become the coach I think is amazing yeah. I think it's so and I'm so grateful for her to like and I never want to put that on her but she did really like force me to get clear and to yeah. stop like effing around really. yeah <laughs> like, have clarity yeah yeah she's like what what are you here to do mom like do that because there's not anything else really that you need to do because you already created me in my perfect in my perfectness like this is she's literally the only like the most creative perfect thing I will ever make and everything from there is just like icing on the cake and it's it's I've spent a long time thinking that I didn't want to have children because of the burden and because I, I really love traveling and I really love being an independent woman. Yeah. And you're worried about giving that <laughs> up because it, and, you know, the stories we've been told about parenting is it comes with great responsibility and it does, <laughs> but 
you can just go with the flow with it, which I think mm-hmm. is what you're doing. We sure are. And we are, we like, take her to outdoor restaurants. So she's like a kid who knows how to sit at the table. And like my husband and I share values, but we don't have a lot of hobbies that we share together. Mm-hmm. But one of the hobbies that we do have is like dining out. And yeah. so <laughs> it was really important for us that she could be with us because it's part of our life and we didn't want to give it up. So it was really important for us to keep doing that through the pandemic as much as possible when we felt safe and really giving like having her be a part of our life that we're creating with her rather than just like doing things that we think she'll want to do. Cause like, it's just, it's just, you said it beautifully then, because you said you're continuing your life because although you've got this daughter and you've got responsibility as a parent, it is still your life and she's not going to be, you know, living with you forever. She's just, all our children are just with us for 18, Mm -hmm. 16, 18 years. And then they have to go on to their life. Mm-hmm. So it's, as you say, knowing and don't change who you are and what you're doing, but she just adds to it and she learns through it. And then you let her on her way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like I get, there's this beautiful poem. I'm forgetting the, the writer. And he says like, you're the, you're just the, like pulling the bow back and your child's the arrow. So I'm just yes. like setting her up to be in the right spot so that when she does release she flies. She knows she flies perfectly into where she wants to be. And she knows that she has the support of us, but she also has her own self-trust Yes, I and love that. doesn't, doesn't get caught up. I mean, she's going to, because she's a human, but like gets caught up less maybe. Yes. In, <laughs> in because you've guided her in the right way to trust and know she is a divine spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think And I also want to say that like, I have a lot of privilege having been able to like quit my job and start this new business and also the privilege of being able to do this type of self-work. And I think when we first spoke, I thought I started it in 2017, but when we, then I was thinking about it and it, it actually, I think was when I moved to Peru on a whim for a year in 2008. And I started doing my yoga teacher training. I did a lot of shamanic work. I was volunteering there. And I think from there, it all kind of started coming up as like yes. an onion peel. And not until 2017 was it like, oh, we're going to put another child. Like we're trying to get a baby into this life. Like let's really, really get clear on what we want. And that's also why we started couples therapy right when we got married. Cause we were yeah. like, we want to know how to deal with like the, the easy things. And then when we have harder things, like my miscarriages, having a baby, mm-hmm. moving cross country, like we knew how to do it together yes, no. together in the way that we want to do it, not in the way that we were learned or trained. To yes, do. exactly. The parent, the way our parents may have done it. And I do think going to council when you first get married is very sensible. Now yeah. you and your husband are knowing your patterns, but how is knowing our patterns allowing us to change unhelpful behaviors and let go of narratives and stories that we've made up? What have you had to let go and how has it helped? by letting go of the narratives that you may have had? Mm, One of the narratives that I've got, I think I've had since a long, long, long time ago, I'm not even sure where it came from, is that I was not good enough and the world Mm -hmm. was angry at me. And this came to my awareness in 2017. And I was like, oh shit, every single thing and decision I've made has hinged on this pattern and belief. And the, I 
and we like create our own realities. So I was like, oh, everyone's going to be angry at me. This would show up in feedback that I'd get during reviews. This would show up when I was asking for something from anyone in my life and that I wasn't good enough. So that's for a long time why I didn't get into career coaching, even though I was do I've been doing this for years for yes. free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> And it truly is like recognizing the patterns. Isn't that that pattern goes away? It's that I become more aware of it. And when I can see it, then it dissolves a little bit more because I yes. don't, because I You're think not attached I'm still, to it anymore. Yeah. Because if you can and observe it, like something in your hand, oh, there's the pattern. But look what I was about to do. I can make a choice to change and do it something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And especially as I'm building my business, like if I'm not good enough, keeps showing up that shows up in my client calls when I think that I'm not good enough to support them or when I'm like marketing my programs or anything like that. Like you're not good. Like if I'm hearing to myself, you're not good enough. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, and I'm going to do it in a poor way because it's also like the prophecy, like self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. (laughs) If you believe it enough, that's exactly what will come true. I totally agree with that hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And I think another pattern that I recognized when I first got married or when we first started dating was that similarly to what we were kind of the same cycle that we're going through right now is, is about weekends. And my husband really loved, loved spending time with his friends on the weekends doing Mm -hmm. uh, disc golf now and ultimate Frisbee before. And I was always like, oh, he just wants to hang out with his friends instead of me. Like his friends Mm -hmm. are more important than me. And it was never the case. It was just the same thing of like, I have to ask for time for myself yes. and I have to ask for time with him. And we took, it took us a couple weeks of therapy for me to be like, oh, it's not about him at all. He's, no, he, it's he about needs your to reach need. Out. What, what do you need? Needs. And actually mm-hmm. communicate it because I know me. <laughs> I, because I do think, you know, when I'm hanging out with my girlfriends, we seem to pick up and understand each other. And as my husband, I'd hate to be in your mind because I just think women's minds are very scary places to be. <laughs> but if we don't communicate, we expect by just a look for them to get what we're on about. But actually just use your words, ladies, and use they will the listen. <laughs> they usually listen. They usually listen. He, de- he definitely usually listens. And he knows, I now know that he's not a mind reader. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Fortunately <laughs> and unfortunately. <laughs> It's the truth. So ladies, <laughs> men can't read minds. We need to use our words. Be very clear. <laughs> I'm writing it down as a reminder to myself too. <laughs> totally, totally. It has been great speaking to you, Nicole, today. You are a light. You're an energy. You're real. That's what I love you. Now, how can people contact you and mm. find out more about your coaching Yes. Thank you so much to your listeners. I hope they connect. I love this conversation as well, Amanda. Thank you so much. I send out weekly love letters actually to support my, my community to stop compromising and take control of their careers. These love letters shift your perspective and give you actionable support and strategies. And they're also the best way to find out when I'm hosting free open houses. It's like taster coaching mm-hmm. and the invitations to work with me. And I'm at nickfrick.com slash love letter. I love that. Amazing. Now to end this amazing interview, one piece of advice that's really had an impact on your life. Can you share with our listeners? I think if I had to say one thing, it's that we don't have to do it alone. 
Mm-hmm. None of us have to do anything alone, whether it's career searching, being a new mom, moving across country, getting help, like get help. If you don't have like financial resources to do it, like find free resources that will help you. Maybe a friend in town that can help, but like, especially right now in the pandemic, I think a lot of the structure that we had in place that we thought was going to save us or keep us in easy things like in, in our, in the status quo have shed. And what we really need to do is step into that femininity of asking for what we need, taking care of ourselves, adding as much joy to our life as possible. And sometimes joy is like going and getting a manicure and a massage, or sometimes joy is asking for a friend to watch the kids for like five minutes so they can take a shower. Yeah. Oh, totally. I like my least favorite thing is when moms are like, I haven't showered in several days. And I know people who don't like to shower and like, that seems fine, but but these people, it it breaks my heart to like, not be able to take a shower because water is so abundant and cleansing and beautiful and just like magical in itself that like, if we're not giving that to moms, the basic, it's not even like, it's not even a gift. It's like a basic basic hygiene requirement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You are dirty. You're also feeding a person and yeah, all the things, but like, stop trying to do it alone and also ask for help and also you can have it all yeah it's just waiting for you to Mm -hmm. ask Mm -hmm. yeah exactly oh and that's how you get it all Mm -hmm. yes oh Mm, thank you amanda no thank you nick you're amazing i wish you well on your journey let's keep in contact and connect with her this lady is living the reality She's facing her challenges each day, but she's doing with abundance and love. Thank you. Thank you. Sharing our stories, being vulnerable, being open, being authentic is how we heal ourselves, but also help others. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the guests today and maybe taken away a message they've shared that means something to you. This is your host, Amanda Hill-Ryle. Looking forward to being with you next time.